All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and all our listeners. I'm wishing everyone a great 2024, although I know we're opening on a bit of a down note. I just noticed or been reminded that the legislative dining room, which is just meters away from our swanky digs here, is closed for the entire week. Oh, the whole week? Oh, my God. The whole week, so... Our morning coffee and peanut butter and toast will have to be sought from somewhere else. Oh, no. So Lisa and the gang better get back to work soon. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I didn't know. That. I saw they were closed this morning. I thought, okay, well, they're, da- they're off for one day. I didn't know they're all down week. week. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, that's good for them. All right. Um, the big news here. Let's start with the BC Supreme Court ruling on mm-hmm. public drug use. Now, you know, a lot of people, when the provincial government brought in these restrictions on where you're allowed to use these drugs, some people thought that it didn't go far enough because mm-hmm. they created like a little a bubble zone around a, a playground or a, a, a kiddie pool, yeah. 15 meters, you know, like saying, like this is not going far enough. This judge, though, saying it's going too far, strikes it down with an injunction yeah, people in place should go of to March. The, people should go to the B.C. Supreme Court website, click on recent judgments and read the judgment. Read it. And it's quite interesting. He basically sides almost basically 100% with the plaintiff's arguments, the, the Harm Reduction Nurses Association, which argues this was a charter violation, uh, a constitutional uh, violation of constitutional rights of drug users. What, char- what char- section of the charter of rights section, protects that? Section 7, he ruled, which was the, the uh, guarantee security of life, of pers- liberty, and security of person. Yes. There's no mention in there of the rights of non-drug users to enjoy a park, playground, without uh, drug users being at very close proximity. So there's no yeah. consideration of that at all. Yeah. It's total 100% on the side. And again, it's another, I think, another instance where the judiciary is completely offside, I think, with the majority of public opinion. And we've seen this, we saw this percolate through the last couple of years with even Premier David Eby criticizing judges on bail situations. Yes. And both the opposition and government have been critical of the judiciary when it comes to bail of chronic violent offenders, where the judges are, and and the public is totally not on side with getting violent offenders out on routine bail situations. And now you've got the Supreme Court justice, he's the chief justice there, basically ruling that um, the rights of drug users in public places trumps the rights of others. And it's, uh, again, it's... An example where the judiciary sometimes, I think, is not in step with public opinion. Right. The judge saying that it's dangerous for people to use drugs alone, mm-hmm. and this is where a lot of overdose deaths occur, people are using alone, yep. so it's safer for them to use in public in case they do overdose. Now, yep. mm-hmm. have a listen to Brad West here. He's my first guest this morning on the show, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. Very outspoken on this file and very critical of this judgment. Have a listen doubling down on the approach that has already proven not to work in our own province, let alone in all these other jurisdictions, to me, uh, just does nothing for us. Um, and it also is creating a, a lot of harm in, in communities. Yeah, well, West has been out there leading the, the charge here of um, criticizing this approach. And it's going to be interesting in the, in the coming year, whether we see further attempts to change the decriminalization experiment, as David E.B. calls it, he calls it an experiment. Yeah. Are we going to see more changes attempted by the government, and are they going to be overturned by the courts? Because this ruling, again, it's a 100% win yeah. for those who advocate no restrictions. Yeah. Um, 
And again, I'm not sure the public's there with that. Okay, well, I wonder if this will be kicked up to the B.C. Court of Appeal or maybe well, all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. It, this is, so this is an interim injunction. Yes. It's not, so there's a separate case brought by the Harm Reduction Nurses Association, which is basically challenging the law. Yeah. So all this is not striking down the law. This is just simply an interim injunction that lasts till March 31st. Yeah. The other avenue here is the court process, which is going to take some time, which is why I think they, the Nurse Association sought an injunction, is to stop this before. Uh, and, and again, important to note, the, the law was not actually enacted. Yeah. It, even though it had passed, the regulations had not been passed by cabinet. So it wasn't being in, it was not in effect, hmm. um, even though it passed in, I think, mid, mid-November. It was not in effect. So now it's not going to be in effect until at least April, unless the province goes to court to challenge this injunction. Now, speaking of that, what is the provincial government going to do here? What does David Eby do? What does the attorney general do? Can they appeal this? Can they use? Well, I mean, John Rustad, the leader of the surging B.C. Conservative Party, has called on them to use the, the notwithstanding clause to overrule yeah. this, right? Well, he says they would use the notwithstanding they clause. Now, they're a long, long way from being in a position to use the notwithstanding clause since they have two seats. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to need you know, 47 um, come the next election to be able to do that. But it's interesting how many conservative governments and right-wing governments have wanted to invoke the notwithstanding clauses. You know, Daniel Smith talked about it, Scott Moe in Saskatchewan, New Brunswick. Uh, it seems to be the, the hobby horse of some premiers right now. But uh, again, Rust has a long way from, from being in a position to do that. But it's interesting, he got a bit of attention with that thing, sure. that announcement, which again highlights... The problem that exists on the center right is we go into an election year. Yes. 2024 is an election year in BC. Right now on the books, it's for October, but yeah. Evie could pull the trigger ahead of that if he wants. He says he's not going to do that. But right now, the BC United and BC Conservatives are far apart, yet they, they occupy the same part of the stage against the NDP. And Rustad shows no signs at all of this any talk of a merger with BC United. He's out there sort of creating new territory. Well, he told me they don't rule out a merger, but don't then they keep out. criticizing each other. They keep criticizing, and, and, and you've got liberal, or liberal, put another coin in the in the jar there. Yeah. Uh, United no MLA's, more BC Liberal Party. BC United MLA's criticizing Rustad on Twitter. Yes. Retweeting his tweets and criticizing. So, yeah, they. it's nice to say, oh, we're not going to rule it out, but they're not going to rule it in. There's no, no way. it doesn't look like it. It's just these are two parties. Rustad's gone significantly to the right than a lot of United Caucus members are comfortable with yeah. his anti-Soji position, firing Dr. Bonnie Henry, banning books at schools, and now the notwithstanding clause, which although it's going to be interesting to see what the United's take is on invoking the notwithstanding clause. Is there clause. any way that the David E.B. government would use the notwithstanding clause to so. overrule this court judgment? No, I'd, I'd be very surprised no. if that was the yeah. case. Um, again, this is a temporary injunction. Yeah. It's only going to last three months. Um, the, the bigger issue is whether the law will stand up uh, to a court judgment, yeah. which would be presumably heard by a different judge, but who may use this injunction ruling presumably as some sort of um, uh, test of whether or not the law is, is constitutional. Okay, speaking of an election year in British Columbia, this is going to be fascinating here now because the whole political landscape, it seems to have been kind of turned upside down to a degree because mm-hmm. you've got this surging B.C. Conservative Party that is consistently now second place in most opinion polls, right? Yep. NDP with a good lead. 
But the BC United Party, the former BC Liberals, down in, in third place. Now, I asked Kevin Falcon about this, the BC United leader on a recent show, and I asked him, what is going on? You guys are being eclipsed by this BC Conservative Party. Nobody knows what this new party is. You ask anyone, what is BC United? Most people don't know. And he told me, just wait, just wait. People are going to know. Here's what he told me. By the time the next election rolls around, people will know exactly who BC United is. They'll know exactly what we stand for. They'll see that we've got outstanding candidates that we carefully vet. Okay, so he's also talked about some rebranding campaign, right? Well, he put out a fundraising appeal on the New Year's Eve that said the, the launch, the, the rebrand launch had already happened. Oh, which is news to me. I, I missed that. I missed that. Okay. So um, I'm not sure what's happening on that front. It's it's interesting. He One of the more quotable lines he gave in the year in interviews was to Dirk Meisner in Canadian Press, where he said the polls are, in his words, BS. Mm. So he doesn't believe the situation the polls suggest his party's in and which party insiders tell us they're in, which is in a heap of trouble. So but, you're saying that party insiders are telling you that the polls that have been released publicly, they're seeing the same thing in their own internal polling? Well, I'm not sure about internal polling, but oh, okay. um, it's uh, they're not... I've had a number of... Prominent members of the former administration, who have nothing really to do with the party anymore because they're not the liberals, have said they've got fundraising issues. They've got voter identification issues, yeah. um, and, and they're serious ones. And they're quite worried about this this hiving off of their support to the B.C. conservatives who seem to have this momentum. Who kn- Now, who knows what's going to happen this year? John Rotstad's had a pretty free ride here. Yeah. He's not being challenged a lot on a, on a lot of these things. I don't think BC is as right wing as his party would suggest the province is, but uh, so perhaps this is a bit of a mirage, as Kevin Falcon thinks the the BC Conservatives are that it's a it's going to deflate fairly quickly, and that support will come back to BC United. So that may very well happen. Um, and if, it, if if BC becomes polarized again with yeah. just two parties, two two um, uh, alternatives basically, NDP and something else. That means there's something else party's competitive because historically that free enterprise coalition, I've got to call them out this week, um, the free, co- free enterprise coalition has ruled BC more often than not. Sure. Um, yeah. But every 20 years or so it falls apart. Yeah. And I think that's what we've seen now. Yeah. The, the free enterprise coalition has fallen apart. In 2024, the dominant story will be can that coalition put itself together, back together, or will it remain split and allow the NDP to have a cakewalk in the election? Keith Baldry is my guest. It's the first Baldry's Beat of the Year. I got open phone lines right now. If you call now, you will get through. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Tell me what you think of that court ruling by the B.C. Supreme Court and public drug use in B.C. Star 9898 on your cell, toll free. Anne in Coquitlam. Hi, Anne. Go ahead. Yes, well, I actually I'm uh, talking about the uh, Conservative and the uh, United uh, Parties. Uh, if they don't get their act together, the NDP is going to get back in, and they will have no one else to blame but themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the challenge is, who's going to blink here? Yeah, you know, Rustad's on a roll. Um, he was kicked out by Kevin Falcon. There's a personal personality problem there oh yeah big time big time there's bad blood there so who's is, is kevin falcon going to say okay john you can lead the merger party i don't think that's going to happen yeah. falcon is of the view that this is all sort of a mirage yeah that united will emerge victorious here uh he may very well be right but right now it doesn't look good for either party in terms of taking on the ndp yeah and are you still there 
I was going to ask her if she wanted to see a, a merger there between the two parties. Oh, and yes. do, do you want to see them do a merger? Is that what you'd like to see? Yes, I do. Yeah. I and who would lead it? And who, who would be the leader? Well, you know what? The two of them are going to have to Duke it out. Uh, <laughs> let their uh, egos go and just uh, combine it. Otherwise, you know what? We'll have the NDP back in, and sure. they've already done enough damage to our province. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, put their egos aside. That's easy, easily said in and BC politics. Those are two politics. pretty big egos. Yeah, it, you don't see too many egos put aside in BC politics. Yeah. They sort of hang around. Yeah, the other thing I guess they could do is just say, okay, we'll put it up to a vote for the party members, do a merger, and then we'll do a leadership contest. One, one scenario time. I've heard is convincing both leaders to, to quit. Yeah. And have someone else step in. But someone else. Interim, uh, either someone from, someone from the United Caucus yeah. or someone else. Right. Um, again, it seems a bit far-fetched to me, but that's, that's a scenario that's uh, being kicked around. We were just talking off the air as well about whether business interests, big business, could get involved on this. Because I, talk, I talked to Russ Dad, who told me that he had been approached by some business big shots who were encouraging to do maybe a merger but you know they've changed the fundraising rules in british columbia so corporate donations are banned yeah i remember in the 90s gordon wilson uh, cried foul because gordon campbell came in and took the leadership of the bc liberal party he claimed blamed big business for bankrolling campbell right well under christy clark and campbell businesses gave tens of thousands of dollars individually huge Huge fifty thousand dollar checks. Those days are over. So business does not have the 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 influence and power in BC politics that it used to have. Yeah. Corporations are and unions are now forbidden to give money. That's for sure. Let's go to Deb in Victoria. Hi, Deb. Go ahead. Hi, you guys. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I believe that uh, I totally believe in the Conservative Party, and my husband and I took out memberships this weekend. That made a big donation. And uh, I just think that uh, we need to go in a different direction. So yep. I just want to say you should check into what Rustad's, uh, his uh, campaign is worth these days because you might be surprised at how many people. It's kind of like the silent majority that okay, are thank you. Well, uh, signing up. Yep. Thanks. I always tell people, look at the federal election map if you want to see where the conservative vote is. And over the years, it used to be the, BC, the old Reform Party, too. So the Conservatives win a lot of seats in B.C. federally. So those are federal Conservative voters that could easily become provincial sure. Conservative voters. Sure. Art in Langley. Hi, Art. you got 30 seconds here. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Look, I just want to say that people, they, they can't forget about Kevin Falcon. He's got to be one of the most misguided politicians on the planet. Uh, he was involved in so many uh, irresponsible things, the fast ferry issues, the, the casino uh, monies. The fast fa- no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was the NDP government. Yeah, that was the NDP debacle was the fast ferries there. So, you know, the, the other thing that Falcon has is that in the private sector, he got into the real estate development business, and that's something that EB likes to remind people about. Well, you're going to see a lot of NDP attack ads coming up. Again, we're in election season. Effectively, the campaign has basically begun. We're, we're framing everything against the election. You're going to see some attack ads on Falcon coming okay. from the NDP. This will be interesting to watch this We'll be year, talking about this say. a lot. I think so, yeah.